0: I was like, I was at like a family uh, gathering, like a family reunion thing. I was just sitting very weird with my knees all over the place up on a bench. And my uncle was like, why are you sitting
1: like that? And I went, oh, cause I'm gay. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you have your one big gift and then the rest is just all a bummer. It's just like, here are new pencils.
2: <laughs> you needed new pencils
1: for school. Everything else was just like, I bought you new socks.
2: We will celebrate uh- oh. Online shopping, basically. What's
0: gonna be in your little, uh, a manger setup? Oh, a puppy. Just a little yeah. puppy?
2: just a little puppy.
0: I, they, they just were like, well, we need, we can't have them go to the same bar every time. Like, why not?
2: That's so bizarre. They can't go to the same bar, what? We go to the same Taco Bell every time.
1: <laughs> it is pretty great.
2: But you know, to be fair, we are within walking distance to bars. They're just like the sad, depressing. Yeah, they're the sad. They're the sad,
1: depressing bards where like like, Van
2: Eyes dads go to not yeah uh, their families. Everybody's sad and lame. (laughs) Van Eyes dad, cool. All right, let's do it.
0: Hey, Muppet Babies, it's Zach.
2: <laughs> and it's Haley.
0: <laughs>
2: and, we're and we're not, not together. together.
0: <laughs> How are you doing?
2: So much better now. What a wonderful intro. Yeah, I always love it. You know what's funny is I feel like it's a different thing every time, and I always forget that you're going to do something, <laughs> and I'm always pleasantly caught off guard.
0: I was, uh, for a while... Making my all my email headers a little bit sillier every time I was emailing like a group of people at work, and so it started out like "Hey gang," and then "Hey scouts," and then "Hey all you pirates lost at sea." Or... <laughs> it's just worse and worse and worse. <laughs> uh,
2: I I I too like to make my coworkers worry about me based on <laughs> based on the level of how. <laughs> on how I address them, or my use of all caps. That's been really fun lately, because I have been dieting for the past like week and a half. Okay, I'm excited been... to
0: see how this ties in.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, it's been working, but I've, I've, been, I've become increasingly irritable on the group chats um, in a fun way. I think it's in a fun way, I'm sure they do too.
0: You, you just gotta throw in a winky face, and then people will know.
2: Yeah, yeah, but but the use of all caps is at an all time high
0: the diet that's new
2: yeah i got slightly chonk uh, gained a couple pounds from the As we quarantine that's all want to
0: do during this time
2: exactly and then i was like oh no i want to unchonk so i just started like eating healthier and i got like a calorie counter app just tr- tried to keep keep an eye on that and it's wor- it's working i've lost like 4 or 5 pounds
0: that's amazing so, in a yeah. week in a week and a half
2: in like a week and a half which is weird it's well, it's too fast
0: that's that's quick. I mean, you might have just been eating a lot of extra stuff.
2: Yeah, I think that's what happened. Is I set it up to be like, let me lose a pound a week, and then in five weeks I'll lose like five pounds. It's great, and then. So I limited to 1,200 calories and I've lost like five pounds in a week and a half. So I think what was happening is before I was probably eating like 6,000 calories a day. (laughs)
0: 6,000?
2: I mean, I don't know if that's literal, but like
0: (laughs) I was probably
2: eating so many calories before that cutting down to 1,200 a day has made me lose five pounds this fast. Mm
0: -hmm. That's amazing. Well, good for you.
2: Yeah. Good for me, but Haley back then needs to chill out <laughs> with all the scallards.
0: I don't know what she's doing.
2: <laughs> I don't know what she was eating.
0: Speaking of uh, cutting out, you know, excess fat, we're talking about exes <laughs> again today. Yay! Hey, so all that stuff weighing you down and shit, we're we're talking about it. All those bad juju's, all those vibes, we're getting it out yeah. there, getting dirty. Um, and to help us
1: talk about that is who?
2: Uh, to help us talk about that is comedy writer and professional roommate. Josh Smuha.
1: Hello, happy to be here. Hey, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I forgot to realize, uh, I'm a very fantastic dog uncle as well, too.
2: That's true, Profession- a dunkel. I'm a dunkle. Yeah. So we've got my roommate and friend and scouts scout our sound engineer's uncle, Josh Smuha here.
1: Yeah, hey.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we-
1: like how many hours to become a professional roommate? I think it's a 24-7 job. Wow. Yeah, 24-7 yeah. job.
2: What do they say? Ten thousand hours. Per Honestly, yeah, it's, 10, very, hours. It's,
1: it's very rewarding, though. You know, <laughs> I, occasionally on Christmas time, uh, Haley will give me a Taco Bell gift card, and that makes the work all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> very generous boss. Yeah, yeah Very generous.
2: You know, he works hard. I think I'll keep him around. Um, you know, he he pays rent. Uh, big, huge part of being a, a pro roommate that people don't realize. Um. I will let the
1: dog outside when she is not home. That's generally my primary responsibility.
2: Mm -hmm. At the end of the year, you
1: get to live moss, and that's all it's about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On December 26th, he gets Mm. some fourth meal. I get some cheesy gordita (laughs)
1: crunches, and that's about it.
2: And that's that's worth it. Um, But anyway, so we have talked about breakups before. We have talked about exes before. We have talked about... Um, toxic masculinity before but today we're talking about in straight dating how toxic uh, some advice can be for men uh, post breakup mm-hmm.
1: yeah about how at least from the straight man side the straight male side is just how some of that advice can lead you down roads of toxic masculinity uh, because yeah. I feel I feel like uh, a bad breakup is is i mean i don't think people become toxic instantly i think that in and of itself is like one of the first stepping stones to becoming an incredibly toxic like male is a bad breakup um i if, if you've seen big mouth obviously it yeah. happened in, it happened in big mouth where it's like you know andrew globerman was broken up by missy and like he didn't know what to do, he was kind of at a loss, he was very sad about it, so he went online and he tried to get advice about the breakup and then that leaded him to like a, some bad some bad people, <laughs> some bad people on yeah, that sure. show. But like, that, that kind of idea of like, not knowing what to do post-breakup because a lot of uh, uh, straight male advice post-breakup is, is not very helpful, so you go to the internet and then that, Don't go that, there, Josh. that leads you down a yeah, that, it's a bad <laughs> Don't place. It, it Don't you ever you go a, there? It leads you down a dark road if you're not careful. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean a breakup for any it's never necessarily easy and there's a lot of wild emotions shooting off at the end. You know, it sometimes especially if it, it wasn't totally amicable. And I think for a lot of men, when they're in their stages of griefing, they kind of stay in the anger portion and really live there. You know, that's where a lot of that advice lives. That kind of, some, I think you hear a lot of like, um, oh well that well she was a bitch or she man, she's crazy. Or like, you know, there's a lot of um, anger that's directed towards the the right? the, the woman, the ex. The, well, coming from friends too.
2: Yeah, well it makes sense because the one emotion that men are allowed to have is anger. And but hunger. Like, and hunger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like because of uh toxic masculinity like men who are emotional who do become sad or upset, which is something you should be allowed to do, but you know, that is seen as a as a weakness yeah. for men.
1: I think so, I mean, just like from personal experience and luckily, you know, I've gone through therapy and stuff like that. So this is uh not an issue anymore. But at the time, especially in my early twenties, it wasn't anger so to speak. But what would happen is, um, you know, an example is in my early 20s, I dated a girl for about four or five months and I was getting really into her and then she like slowly drifted away and then she kind of like broke it off. But, which is fine and fair. It's more just like I didn't know why and I was very sad about it. And I was, and, um, I mean, you know, especially like they say men are very logic brain oriented. Um, and so, the thing is you talk to like some of your friends who are guys and you're just like, Hey, what happened? And because of toxic masculinity, like male, like intimate male friendships aren't really strong. And so then it's just like, you talk to your guy friends and they're, you know, the advice is why don't you go out drinking? Oh my God. You just need to like, go find another person. Just like, go fuck a lot. And then you'll be like, you'll get over really quickly and that doesn't help. And then you talk to your friends who are girls and, it's helpful, but it's still just like they don't understand your perspective too. So it's just like that's beating, like that's just not helping you either. And so because you lack this intimate male friendship where like your your fellow guy friend will sit down with you and just like hug you and tell you like, listen, I'm really sorry this happened. Like let's talk about it and have an emotional conversation because you're not getting that. You're like, okay, I need to get to the bottom of this Like, what happened? Like, did I turn her off? Did I say something wrong? And then you go and you Google it. And then that's when you find, like, an entire wealth of, like, male breakup advice experts who, if you pay them $120 for their ebook, they will tell you the top 10 tips on how to get your ex back. Uh, uh, (laughs) Ah. Oh, Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: not good. And
1: I, and I, I showed Haley, like, some of this stuff. Uh, and, you know, after, you know, I, I, I am sad to say that, like, at 22, 23, and I had no idea, like, how dating worked. And I, like, wasn't, like, as close with, you know, I, I, I didn't feel as supported as I do now, luckily, with, you know, our great friends. It's, I did that. And you pay $120 for this, like, ebook. And it's, and I showed Haley and these views on YouTube, these guys have like 5 million YouTube views. Oh, I hate when you like look at the views and you're like, oh fuck, people are watching. No, people are watching this and it's a whole big thing. And what they, what you spend money for is exactly the same thing that you, like if I told you to give me breakup advice right now, they would tell you that like, it's everything in the ebook. It's like, try to not call them and text them. Try to go back to the gym and work out. Go back to work on your hobbies. Like, do things for you. Do things to feel better and everything like that. But the way the connotation of all that stuff is a lot more negative and a lot more toxic and a lot more shame-inducing where it's like, like mm. well, you didn't act like the alpha. You kept chasing and then like, yeah, you showed weakness and and uh, all this happened, but if you uh, sign up for my course on how to flirt, properly, then maybe you won't come across as like such a, like a beta next time. And it's like all this stuff and it's all anxiety inducing and shame spiraling. And then it's just like you keep getting closer and closer to being like, am I doing something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Like, why is this not working? And those, those advice, you pay money for someone to tell you, yes, you suck. Here's why. Listen to me and I will tell you what to do. And And, I, I think it, and I think it's horrible because you know, post breakup, you're in your most vulnerable state, and then that's when they can take advantage of you, and then that's when the slow steps towards toxic masculinity, I think, really can really can happen. Right, because if you yeah. really drink that
0: Kool Aid, because that's what it is. It's 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 a cult mentality. Like if you really drink that, like you are, you're gonna go in full, like you're gonna go in whole hog, and and suddenly, yeah, all women are horrible they're all just some prize to be won or something i got i I, every time i hear someone talk about alpha or beta mentality it makes me physically like sick my my stomach drops a little bit you know
1: and i don't i don't think people obviously inherently have that what happens is like some like person had a bad experience or something and they're looking for answers and then it's these bad You know these bad answers rope you in because you're just looking for some sort of help. And yes, that's contributed to like lack of male intimate friendships in the beginning. And then you like, and then you slowly start like, oh, I guess maybe there's some truth to this. And then you start experiencing shame, and they they really dig down on like uh, enhancing the shame. And the worst part of it is. It's all this snake oil stuff where, because at the end of the ebook it says, Listen, despite all of this, it's really possible that you won't get your ex back. But don't worry, you just became a new, awesome, healthier, fitter you. Which is. It, it, like, they're, you're basically paying $120 for nothing then. It's the same nothing. advice your therapist or your friends would give you. It's like, go back to your hobbies, try to exercise, try to do things. But because you're lacking this, like, male closeness because of toxic masculinity and the ability to tell your other guy friends that you love you, you try to go online and then you start drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah.
2: Mm. It's terrible because I do feel bad for you know, men in that sense, it's like you aren't necessarily given the tools to be able to express yourself emotionally if you need to. Um, And that's a real shame. You know, I feel like we talked about this, like straight women, and I use the term allowed, but like straight women are allowed to, you know, cry on their friend's shoulder and their friends will be like, it's okay, you know? Yeah, It's okay to be upset. They'll have and... the,
1: you know, the romantic comedy, or not romantic comedy, but like the romantic movie like ice cream moment where they're just like watching old shows and eating pints of ice cream yeah. together. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a movie cliche, but you're allowed to do that as a straight You're woman. allowed to vent. Yeah, you're allowed to vent. Mm-hmm. I think like a lot of what that book is selling is is like an almost an
0: easy answer, you know, because people, like you said, they they you want an answer. Like why, what was, what's the one reason this went wrong? You know, whether it's you know, the easy thing of demonizing the other person or saying, if you just fix this one thing, oh, you just weren't manly enough. And that was it. That It's just a one. But somebody, generally, it's not like one easy answer. You know, it's not just there's was one problem. You know, there was yeah. probably a lot of things. And both people probably weren't terrible people unless, you know, right. it was an abusive situation. But sometimes it's just people didn't work out, you know, yeah. and that's harder to swallow sometimes.
1: Um, Haley and I were talking about this a few days ago too, where the other thing about this is the connotation is that the breakup was all the guy's fault, that there is oh, nothing really? wrong, that there's nothing wrong with the woman. Like every, so it's like, it, it doesn't take into account that both sides are whole people with their own anxieties and, and, you know, you know, thoughts and feelings and everything like that. So it's sort of like, um, uh, oh she broke up with you, oh, it's because you're not manly enough or you weren't witty enough or you weren't charming enough. Meanwhile, it could be because like, know something personal happened to her or maybe it's just like she doesn't she like just moved to the city and doesn't have her job yet and like is just trying to figure out her way in the world or something like that there's just like there's no onus on the other person it puts the onus entirely on the guy because a big thing about these like online breakup experts are they want to increase your shame because by increasing your shame you're more likely to purchase their you are going to keep coming back, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then they have Yeah, they you're have the getting
2: nagged yeah. by them.
1: And then, you know, I, I at the beginning, I had to go to therapy a lot uh, about this, and I remember specifically telling my therapist, and I was so like... I'm doing something wrong. If I can think of the right thing to say or craft the right text message or the right words to come across as funny enough, then it will fix the problem. And then like eventually through therapy, I like learned to let that go. And I obviously I don't do that stuff anymore. I'm older and, you know, I I did that once, realized how toxic it was, and then I, you know, stopped that. But it was a very kind of like dark time period where I was like severely depressed and I thought there were tons of things wrong with me because these people on the internet were telling me things were wrong with me and that people didn't like me because there was something inherently wrong with me. Yeah. That's how it all starts.
2: Yeah. You're right though. It, it, It does seem like a cycle, like you can almost track it, right? Like, because I get being super vulnerable after a breakup and of course wanting to, have some outlet for that and if it can't be your friends it can't be your family then yeah okay let me go to the internet and then you find these people who are telling you we're gonna fix you or we're gonna tell you how to do all these things to get this person back right and part of that is just like the assumption that this woman um is just like a two-dimensional character who you just need to like push the correct buttons on to unlock the code, you know? know? And you can see how that, like teaching you how to quote-unquote unlock this code, you can see how that then tracks to men seeing women as an object of sorts. I mean, I blame
0: like movies, honestly, like just because of that, like kind of simple, like you said, 2D romanticized version of things. Like if I just show up with a boombox over my head or if I just, I don't know, like throw in a, a leather jacket, then Danny Zuko will like me. Or if I just, you know, do this or that, if I do all the right things. And we, we want that to be true because we want our lives to be narratives, and we want these relationships mm-hmm. to mean something, we want this plotline to go somewhere in our lives, but like, life is chaos, y'all, okay? <laughs> things <laughs> yeah. don't have, like, things don't always make sense. If life was like a movie, it would, it'd be like a long link later film, and you'd walk out of it, Exactly,
2: honestly. it'd be like 12 hours long. Because that's what it is, right? Real, real success in relationships is about communication and vulnerability and you can't really put that into a 2 hour film so, so you have yeah. to have all these weird grand gestures that aren't real your um,
0: your love life has to follow a classic three act structure <laughs> and and like and then your goal at the end has to be the the woman you know and right. that's that's not a way to live your life not really
1: i think that like these people who are in like red pill society and insults and everything like that i think it all started like uh, yeah sure they definitely had issues with like uh beforehand but i think the catalyst or the starting moment to them is probably this is just me guessing is probably just like a bad breakup that went Poorly, and then they like went online or something, or they got indoctrinated by other people who are just like, yeah, man, we're all Joseph Gordon Levitt in Five Hundred Days of Summer, and women suck. And then you just like, oh yeah, and then you start believing that because
0: that's not the point of (laughs) Five Hundred Days of Exactly,
1: it's (laughs) not exactly. But it's like they they see themselves as that. They see themselves as the hero of their own story, and then like. Uh, that if they can just level up RPG-wise, gain the levels that they need with mm-hmm. these like red pill guys, then maybe it'll work out, and then it doesn't work out, and then they keep getting more and more negative, and then that's why I think they get into the mindset they do. At a, at a certain point, it, it, it they become the system.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that you're absolutely right. I think a lot of these people get, indoctri- get indoctrinated, but I think the first step is some sort of rejection, whether it's a breakup or just being rejected by someone who's not interested in them. But it is fascinating because again, it just goes back to this toxic masculinity because these people see themselves as the hero of their own story. And the manic pixie dream girl is literally 2d. You know what I mean? She's just there to serve for the protagonist's story. Um, She's not a whole person.
0: Why do you want to be with somebody like that if you don't see them as a full person? I never, I don't understand that. I don't understand that mentality. You just like the idea of a person, you like the idea of being with somebody.
2: Right.
1: I mean, that's levels of therapy and that's levels of like psychological introspectiveness that we have now as our late 20s. But when, you know, you're 18 and you're in high school all the way to like your early 20s, you're not doing. And so because they're not doing that and because that's the prime time period where male friendship also is lacking, that's that's how it starts. And I I do believe that a lot of a lot of it starts from just like the inability for straight men to like come up and just hug their best friend and say i love you man that totally sucks i'm here for you let's sit down and talk about it as opposed to like guess we gotta go get fucked up tonight and like all that other stuff you can do both yeah i mean like you can (laughs) do both but male affection basically is like you know they put all the onus on women to give them infection because they're not getting it from their male friends, and then then they're not getting it from the women in their lives or because their dads. you know, yeah, and it could be a dad thing too. It's just it it stems a while, and I think I just feel like this beginning stepping stone of rejection, leading to toxic like extreme toxic masculinity starts with like the inability of straight guys to just. Tell each other that they love each other and be, you know, be there for each other and be vulnerable and be intimate with each other. And that's just my opinion.
0: So, Josh, you kind of suggested this episode, I believe. Um, Was there any particular reason why?
1: Uh, Because I think I said it before but yeah because i literally experienced it myself like in the beginning like i was when i first moved out to la because let's be honest in high school and in college you don't really kind of date that much you just kind of like meet someone at a party then you start hooking up with someone at a party and then all of a sudden they're like your significant other so it's like you don't really start that's like how meeting meeting people in college works you don't
2: like go hey let's set up a date for dinner Yeah. yeah like
1: you don't have a dinner date with someone like when you're dating in college so it's like 22 23 you move out i'm i'm in la i've never really officially dated before and you start doing it and then it doesn't work it, you know, you're, you're not used to it because you've never done it before. So you keep like, oh, th- this person doesn't work out or this person ghosted you and stopped texting you back. And you're like, okay, this isn't working. Like there, there has to be some like flaw to my approach. And then you meet someone and you click and you get along great. And you date for, you know, half a year. And you're like, okay, that's it. I finally got it. And then all of a sudden they start drifting away. And then they start like, like, it doesn't work out with them, and then because you got, you know, they say, like, you know, intimacy and love is sort of like a drug, and you just got your drug pulled away, you're just like, what the fuck happened? Okay, this confirms my belief that I'm doing something wrong, Yeah, and and then you talk to your friends, they're not helpful. I mean, they try to help in their best possible way, but it doesn't, like, satisfy, uh, like, your desire to figure out what happened or just to make sense of the situation, especially when it comes to ghosting too. So then you go to the internet and then that's how it all happened. And I remember for about, I I never got super deep into it. What happened is like I, I dip, I would like to, I told Haley, I think I dipped my toe in that water. I didn't like it. And I pulled out and I went to therapy, but I was in a bad shame spiral for about two years where I utterly hated myself because oh, I thought sorry hear that. I was doing something wrong. I was saying something wrong. There is probably something fundamental that other people are seeing that I don't see that is the reason why like this dating thing's not working out for me. And, you know, these these guys on the internet are just like, Well, if you pay me $120, I'll give you my ebook that tells you the answer why. And you listen to that because when someone promises you the magic bullet to fix the situation and you're in that state of mind you're going to pay for it you're going to you're going to do it
2: no i was just saying like you said they prey on you when you're at your most vulnerable which is when you're the most susceptible to you know snake oil salesmen
0: yeah yeah i mean a lot of people feel like that whether it's i mean for all sorts of things whether it's just talking to people, um, if it's a a health and fitness thing, dating or, or job, it, I think it's a lot of people feel like there must be some sort of secret club or code that I'm, I don't know. And I'm not a part of, why do I feel like an outsider in all of my, like all my relationships? Why, why, why can't I get in, you know? And it's, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, here's somebody telling you, oh, there is a code. There's a special key right here. And it's a yeah, hundred twenty dollars a month.
1: you pay you pay this money, and uh, and then we'll give you the top five text messages that'll heat her up when she's gone cold, or something. Uh, like that. Mm-hmm. And like those are the titles. And these people have five million views on YouTube, mm-hmm. and people like this is their primary business. This is how they make money. And the other thing, there are, there are very extensive variations of that. There are things that they do called boot camps, where if you spend three thousand to six thousand dollars, they have this ten day course, like in LA or in Belize, where they like take you out to clubs and they t- and it goes deep. And this these are how these people make their money. And
0: can you imagine being in a club where that is happening? Like you just <laughs> go out to a club, and then here's this horde of angry men trying to flirt. <laughs> Yeah. and they've got their like tim robbins like
1: teacher, teacher
0: <laughs> person telling them what to do i yeah. i really can't stand a lot of self help people like that you know yeah. it's yeah. just that it's 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 a a horrible dogma
2: i know but the hard part is is there are some great ones like there are some ones that have really helped me and but i think maybe the difference is Is it's, you know, I think the good ones are more about how can I learn more about myself and the bad ones are about how can I trick this person into feeling a certain way about me or how can I manipulate this person? I mean, it's
0: not exclusive to just straight men. I mean, a lot like women have cosmopolitan magazines. They have their 120 ways to blow a man's mind in bed. You know, they have a new list every month that they're being sold.
2: Right. And then, yeah, and then you hear about... You, like, read some of the things in the list, and a lot of guys are like don't do this to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want this.
1: It's it's about the, some. I mean, and I, I was saying earlier that the, the advice they give you is the same advice that your friends or your therapist would give you about like, okay, it's probably best to not go to their Instagram and stock their photos because that's going to open up the wound. So you kind of like go, you go no contact or whatever. And then you like work out and you try to work on yourself. So the advice is the same that you would get, but it's the difference between, it's the connotation. So it's either like, Two plus two is four or two plus two is four, you dumb fucking. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's one of the two. Which yeah. one do you want to listen? because the information's the same, but it's by putting that spin on it, you're gonna and telling you like you won't be so stupid if you just listen to me. Mm-hmm. that's how it happens. And, and also I'd like to say like you know my male friendships have definitely grown exponentially as like, as kind of, you know, society has leveled up, so to say. I mean, like, at least with our friend group or something like that. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, we have groups of friends like Aaron, and I mean, you, Zach, and uh, Michael Smith, and uh, uh, other people, I, I don't feel like I want to name names on a podcast. But like, <laughs> but the point is, like, I can call those people and we tell each other, like, we love each other. And we have like, two hour conversations about stuff like this. And like, you know, we'll sit intimately over a beer and just like really you know give each other hugs and stuff like that and it, it's like that helps so much but you know find to drop names
0: of people that you're saying are really good buds I think that's that's <laughs> that's a nice little shout out they might get a bunch of people in their dms being like hey let's be buds too. be by but tell me I'm great too
2: yeah. yeah they won't have any trouble finding Michael Smith <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah Or, or Zach Johnson, or, uh, uh, yeah, but the, the point is, it's just, um, I love, you know, the, you know, the male friendships that I have now, and I feel like that, Combined with therapy, contributed to my growth and helped me get out of it. It's just you know, at the time of twenty two, twenty three, where you're just like, you're on your own for the first time. You don't make sense of the world. You don't know what's going on. And here's this person who's like, I have all the answers. Just pay me one hundred twenty dollars for my ebook. You listen, you know.
2: Sure. I mean, I think a lot of us made mistakes in our early twenties. Like, yeah. the point is, is like, yeah, it's cool that. <laughs> Not yeah. except Zach though. He's Zach the one is who's...
1: flawless. He's perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so I would like to clear the air in that I don't do that anymore and I don't purchase those things <laughs> anymore single ladies.
2: <laughs> you know you even mentioned um, going to therapy and like that's something that's helped me immensely with my relationships because um, it really is like it just teaches you how to A. be more vulnerable and B. be a better communicator and I think those are just the two biggest things that are the most important when it comes to relationships, not what you say in this text message or, you know. uh...
1: And it allows you to see other people as, you know, three-dimensional people. Right. so if a breakup happens, it might not be your fault. It might be the other person's fault, not because of anything on them, but maybe where they are at their headspace or their life or anything. And, like, you're able to see that rather than, like, tanking it all upon yourself and by absorbing it and taking it all upon yourself then like you know that leads to some of those toxic Thought processes.
0: I think also like you're
1: saying like the rhetoric of it is so Backwards
0: that like even though yes By going on the internet these things to better yourself There's still this kind of fixation on the relationship and on what's wrong and it doesn't and that's you know if you're so fixated on running away from something you're just gonna give that thing almost more power over you and it's just yeah, gonna 100%. get it's just gonna fester and I one thing that tip that that they, they don't tell you is that like even if you you know quote-unquote get over it you're still gonna feel sad sometimes you know sometimes you're you know you're gonna be a little less sad every day maybe and then some days you're gonna get you're gonna wake up and not be sad about it and then some days you're gonna wake up and oh there's a little tinge but you get better overall when you Mm -hmm. work on it without focusing on that.
1: Well, they say like, you know, in therapy, they'll tell you like, you got to feel it to heal it by feeling the emotion to process it. But that's the thing. Those those people, those salesmen, they don't, that's not in the book. That's like, oh, here's what you do when you're feeling sad. It's like well, you shouldn't be feeling sad if you're working out every day and working on your hobbies. Why the hell do you feel sad? Mm-hmm. And so they miss they don't that make crucial. money if you feel better, though. That's exactly. the thing. They don't care oh. about it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's a wide, wide industry out there uh, about that. And I will say there aren't there are a few who are who do run blogs about these kinds of things who are healthy and good and like actually give good advice and like those people deserve recognition for not being like toxic do you know them off the top of your head well the biggest example in my head is uh, a guy named harris o'malley he does this uh one called dr nerd love and it's mostly about like these kind of, like, shy, awkward guys, like, getting advice, and he, like, tries to do it in the best, most positive, healthy way. And he, like, gives tons of examples of positive uh, uh positive masculinity and, and to try to strive towards and live up to. And he's good because he doesn't sell anything. He's just, like, he just answers questions, and it's, like, he's just a guy with an opinion, and he's, like, here's what I think can be done. I'm sorry that that happened to you. And it's a lot more, like he's not charging you $500 to have a phone session with him. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if we're allowed to do shout outs or any. I, no, I, we shout out yeah. all the time. Yeah, we well, can like, shout well, out. Like, um, and listen, the whole men, the whole like breakup advice thing. I mean, it there are ones for women too. Like it's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just men. Uh, so yeah, by the way, with the, nerd love thing. I think that that's fine to include, but with, um, I'd like to say that it's not just men. There are, uh, women who have breakup coaches or breakup advice experts, like, uh, like Matthew Hussey for women. I, I used to work, I used to work at ABC and they were like trying to develop like a little show. And that's how I like, became aware of him but like he has his own workshops where women pay a lot of money to go hear him talk about relationship advice it's just anyone on youtube who claims that they're a relationship guru and you have to pay money to like hear their thoughts probably don't do it because they're a snake oil sales yeah. i would love to hear testimonials from people they dated
2: yeah that's a good point
1: Haley, have you
0: uh have you mostly been a dumper or a dumpy In your uh, relationships.
2: I'd say. okay, in the in the big ones, in the big ones, I've been mostly a dumpy in in this in the smaller ones that I didn't care about. Obviously, I was the dumper
1: who would dump you.
2: I know. <laughs> I know.
1: She's perfect. <laughs> She's perfect. Well, I know. I see it every day.
2: Oh No, admittedly, I was not the best person to be in a relationship with until I started going to therapy. Not I'm not the best person now, but I'm a much better person to be in a relationship with now.
1: And uh, I mean, Haley tells me a lot about like how she's learning about attachment theory and other things like that. And yeah. there are so many levels of a relationship that you 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 kind of learn about. Not only as you get older, but you go to therapy and you read these books. And again, these people on the internet are not taking any of this attachment theory or you know psychological processing into consideration. Uh, because they're just, it's a lot easier to tell you that you're the one who sucks, because then they can take your money if they tell you how to not suck.
2: Right. And again, like the the attachment theory thing was really eye-opening for me. It may not be for everybody and, you know, may not apply to everybody. But, um, but yeah, that just kind of was one resource that helped me. And again, it was a resource that wasn't based in shame. It was a resource that helped you that actually helps you realize that your partner or who you're dating is a more three-dimensional person, you know what I mean? And, and as are you, it kind of helps you realize who you are and who the people you may be dating are. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, be ca- I guess just the, the thesis is, you know, if you're looking for relationship advice, be careful your sources, I guess, yeah. and be wary yeah, and, of your source.
1: and, and, You know, for people in straight relationships, especially, you know, I'm coming just from my perspective as a straight man, it's just like, don't be afraid to be intimate and vulnerable with your other straight male friends, because that's gonna, like, being there with your brothers, so to speak, is what's gonna help you through it, knowing you're not alone with people who have the same... Who, who've gone through the same thing as you have and by telling each other you love each other more and hugging each other more and you know having intimate moments together that's gonna that's gonna help you in the long run yeah. with, with relationships with tackling the world it's going to help you with everything and you're more you're less likely to be susceptible to these types of people on the internet
2: mm-hmm. and be vulnerable with your partners too this
1: is also not limited to just straight men like there's plenty of true,
2: true. gay
0: men who consider themselves you know that alpha dom top whatever and mm-hmm. you're limiting yourself to so many just experiences and possible emotions and stuff just if you feel the need to be this like whatever Wolf, Daddy, whatever thing you've built up in your head, like it's just it you sound I don't know, I don't want to say the word crazy, but you sound a little crazy, and it's like <laughs> it's hard to be around that person who needs to constantly be putting on some kind of show for everybody around them and yeah. then yeah. and then when you expect your partner to fit into whatever sub thing that you think they need to be it's it's like it's exhausting to be that person for somebody else it's just it's a lot
1: right. and, and it we're, we're talking about everything like like both in relationships and like, or, or, or rejections or anything like that. But, like, th- this kind of stuff, this intimacy helps when you're in the relationship as well. And the relationship Absolutely. is mm-hmm. going well because then your partner is not your therapist. Like, there, that is a reoccurring problem that you hear straight women talk about is that straight men don't have male intimate partners to like share their feelings with. And so they put it all on their like female partner of, like, dumping their feelings and their emotions, and then it's like they're not their girlfriend anymore. They're their therapist. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. To an extent, like, you absolutely should be able to confide in your partner that way. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, but, they, but yeah, you should be able to also have... be confide in your anyone you're close to yeah. in a vulnerable way.
0: Yeah, a partner is not a mommy, maid, cook,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, therapist, yeah, exactly.
0: sex person.
2: Um, Zach, you mentioned how a lot of rom-coms kind of contribute to these kind of horrible romantic tropes and advice and where people kind of take their cues from and which does not apply to real life because real life is not a 2-hour movie with a three act structure. But so, we're going to go into this little game I've put together and I've I've compiled some some terrible rom-com tropes.
0: Good, I can't wait.
2: Yeah, and we're going to I'm going to give you a li- two at a time. And you're gonna decide which one needs to just, which one's worse. Like, we're just one, done with it. We're just done with it. Okay. And maybe the one that stays, maybe we can think of a way to improve it and make it better. Ooh, yeah. Okay.
0: So one's salvageable, and the other one... One's maybe salvageable. Hot garbage. Hot yeah.
2: garbage. Okay. Ready? All right, first one, we're starting off a little little simple. Okay, here's some rom-com tropes. One is that men and women can't be friends. and Versus... I can't let you get on that plane.
0: Oh, I love I can't let you get on that plane. Men and women can't be friends is garbage. And it's, it's garb- like it's I think Harry met Sally tackled it, but did
2: they? Did they didn't
0: though. They, like what was the thesis at the end? That they can't, I guess? Like no, I
1: can't. Yeah, they? that was the, I mean they got they got together. So yeah. I think when Harry met Sally he is proving That they can't be friends.
2: Yeah, which is garbage.
1: You want to know one of my favorite parts about the movie Pacific Rim, besides giant robots fighting giant monsters, (laughs) is that the the, little
0: desk thing where it goes.
1: I love (laughs) that moment, but I just love like their. Like, they're just, there's no sub B-plot of them being in a romantic relationship together. They're just two co-pilots fighting the monsters together. He's a badass, she's a badass, and then that's it. And at the end of the movie, you're like, are they going to kiss? And they don't, because that's great.
2: Yeah, I've Uh actually,
1: it's so weird to get notes like that on things where
0: people are like, I loved that you just had... A fr- Two friends that are a man and a
1: woman. I have not <laughs> seen that before. Whoa, that's fucked. That's so weird. That That is horrible. The men and women can't be friends. Like, I think it can be fixed.
2: Oh, no, we're throwing, we're, that, we're throwing away. that away. We're throwing that
1: away. So we're throwing that away. We're throwing that away
0: completely. Yeah. I love Don't Get On That Plane. I love it. I wish that TSA hadn't ruined running through the airport to stop somebody to get on that plane. Yeah,
2: here's my problem with it, too. I didn't realize until right before you're about to get on this plane that I want to be with you. It's like, couldn't you have told me when maybe there was a window where I could have refunded this ticket? I honestly
1: think that don't get on this plane does happen in real life, but it's what the way Haley's describing it. It's like, oh, I know you're going to move away to like Europe in one week, and then... Let Let's me tell you, special. I love you now. And,
2: yeah. Now like, it's <laughs> right. I'm fine with it. We're going to keep it. We, we're going to keep it.
1: It's better than men and women can't be friends. Absolutely. And we'll let,
2: yeah. We'll let TSA um, <laughs> tell us their regulations on how to improve it. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, but, <laughs> sir, I'm in love. Oh.
2: Oh, okay. You have to get like TSA pre check, but TSA in love check. Like yeah. you have to be like, oh, here's my shoe. And they have to scan it. That's the you're in love.
1: That's the that's the th- other system that's above tsa pre-check the clear remember it's the thing oh, that yeah. you gotta pay like the 20 dollars a month or something for i don't know
2: and in that and clear tells you if you're in love yeah. so you're allowed to jump the line all right uh next up um career woman who's just too busy for love oh yeah 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 versus opposites attract you should hate each other at first
0: oh the mr darcy <laughs> little Lucy and mr darcy of it all well josh where are you leaning on this one
1: of which one to throw away and which one can be improved upon uh i would say throw away like so the number two is that they you have to hate each other first yeah
2: like, you know like all rom-coms where it's like at first they're uh enemies yeah they're bunny. and they kind of fight until they're in love.
1: I would say throw that away because yeah. I feel like most real life romantic relationships start at least with like a 70% agreement. You look for right? people who have things in common with you. It's a bad way to base a whole relationship on is that like we hated each other
0: at first. Yeah. Like, oh, how'd you guys meet? Oh, um we fucking hated
1: each other <laughs> for like three months. I don't think I've ever heard when you ask this someone their happens. relationship story, that's never happened.
2: It's never happened in real life. Maybe like something like,
0: "Oh, I thought you didn't like me at first. Maybe like you know, maybe yeah, something yeah. like that. Like I thought you were standoffish, or but then I realized pretty quickly. Um, I I think keep busy woman. But here's my change: is mm-hmm. that she doesn't learn to like ease up a bit. She keeps her job, and she yes, and her partner understands that sometimes her job is. Gonna come first, because she's a important businesswoman. Yeah. Yes. Or, or
1: she has, she has I entered, like, she got that job, or she made partner the thing she was striving towards, and, okay, now I have time to date.
2: Yeah, That's yeah. That's it. Now right. I have time. You know what? Yeah, because I hate...
0: She doesn't go home to Alabama and realize, hey, it's a lot nicer here. I'm going to quit my job and live in Alabama, <laughs> of all places. Yeah. yeah.
2: And yeah. fall
1: in love with the local candle maker's son.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I love that career woman is still allowed to be career woman. I love that fix. Oh, maybe I should quit this super lucrative job that has been my dream forever for Bobby over here. I'm sorry I forgot
1: to text you happy birthday. (laughs) Did you, like, I remember, this was a couple years ago, and I love when people live tweet, like, things that they accidentally overhear they're not trying to eavesdrop but i remember this one woman tweeting about a live breakup she was witnessing at the airport because the woman in the relationship got some career thing like she made partner or something really great happened for her and the guy wanted to break up with her because of it because he felt threatened that she was making more money than uh,
2: him
1: Tweet. that's horrible that's
2: yeah. horrible Okay, this next one, uh, both two-dimensional character tropes. We've got Manic Pixie Dream Girl versus, wow, can you believe this quiet, hot guy reads books?
0: Oh. Ooh, can you They're believe? Crazy. What is more dangerous?
1: Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Throw that. The
0: thing out. is, I also, it sucks. <sighs> I sometimes love a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, or I love a take on one where it's di- mm-hmm. dissecting it and turning in, it, them into a full person. Um.
2: Like the, but like yeah, the movie I example. guess the
0: hunk who
1: reads is not really the worst
0: thing in the world.
1: What, what's, a, what's a good movie where they turn the Manic Pixie Dream Girl kind of like trip on its head?
0: I think like, uh, what is it? Paper Towns, I think it's called. Or no, Looking for Alaska. And then also 500 Days of Summer and uh, Eternal Sunshine all kind of touch on that subject.
1: Yeah, I feel like Eternal Sunshine does, but I thought Five Hundred Days of Summer. She never like gets past that. I mean, that's the statement is like you need to stop projecting onto the manic pixie dream girl. But yeah, uh, at least I think she I feel like she very becomes, clearly
0: says what she wants and what she's looking for out of this. And JGL still thinks I can change. change her. I can. I,
2: I'm I, the yeah. hero of this story. Yeah,
0: she can be my manic pixie dream girl as long as I want it
2: enough regina coming in reinforcing his belief that he's the hero of the story um yeah i mean i think i think they're both very reductive i do think just because of toxic masculinity maybe manic pixie dream girl is more dangerous
0: probably more dangerous
2: but i do think hot guys who read deserve better yeah (laughs) and
0: also just like that being oh this uh this asshole jock guy was mean to you and like And push your friend, oh, but he's reading Pride and Prejudice? (laughs) Yeah. I think more hot jocks who read and normalize it, just normalize people, hot guys who read, everybody should read. Don't fuck somebody who doesn't have books. Uh, John Waters uh, said
1: that. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I think maybe we do away with Manic Pixie. Yep. I think that uh, one of my favorite things about the movie Booksmart besides the you know the friendship between the two characters is i love that like you thought that this was going to be all the high school t- tropes of like the dumb jock and like like the ass or the asshole jock or anything like all throw these- all of it away no but like all the b characters are in their ways good people and that they're like oh yeah they're smart and then they read and then like no one really like they make fun of them because they're like you know, Beanie Feldman's character is being kind of like a little showboaty. But like once that's done, da- it's like no one's actually inherently a mean person or an asshole in that movie. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love that
0: scene where she's like, well, I'm going to get into a good college. He's like, "Um, fuck you. I'm I'm getting into Yale. Like, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what? Yeah, I got all straight A's and was
1: cool the whole time. I don't know what your excuse was. Less movie cliche, I guess you could say.
2: Right, especially when it comes to teen movies. I think teen movies are so easily cliched and archetyped, and that one did a good job of not doing that. So watch Booksmart. All right, next one. We've got uh, Taking Off Your Glasses Means You're Hot Now versus the guy who is the gal's BFF that she never noticed before.
1: Oh, that one for sure. They're similar, but that one, the second one. The glasses and then what's the second one again?
2: So the, the trope that, like, the guy who's the best friend who she never noticed before but now is in love with. Like, kind of like Clueless.
0: They're both oh, about okay. noticing somebody after a while. But, yeah, that's, I mean, the second one was where you get the concept of friend zoning from.
2: Yeah. Right. And. We don't like that. We no. don't like
0: that at all. The, the glasses because- trope, I, 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 the only reason I like it is because it's funny when something does it. And that it, I love when somebody uses that to a, a comedic effect.
2: Right, and I guess like the glasses trope is less used in real life than is the "I just have to wait around until she notices me" trope. Like I feel like a yeah. lot of guys hold on to that, and they just pine over a woman who's never going to be into them, even though the movie says they will eventually. Yeah, yeah, just I enjoy think that. The-
0: has-
1: That person's your friend, you
0: know, like.
2: Right.
1: And you know what? Some people can look more attractive with glasses on. Right. Uh, Take that from me, who occasionally will sometimes wear glasses, and I think I look better with them on. He's a
2: fox. Yeah. No, I agree. Stevie looks fucking great in some glasses. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So that's how we're fixing that. You guys do,
0: like, librarian role play? Because now that's all I can.
2: (laughs) I'll never tell. Um. But no, yeah, like Ooh,
0: this is overdue. You've been a bad girl.
1: <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, Zach, but I just watched John Wick 3 Parabellum yesterday and the dude kills someone with a book. <laughs> and that's the one you said that. That's the first thing that came to my mind.
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's how we're going to fix that trope is someone puts glasses on and then the person's like, <gasps> whoa, you're so hot. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. That's how we'll fix that one. Okay, last one: dating someone as some kind of weird, fucked up bet,
1: <laughs> versus
2: stalker behavior seen as "quote unquote" romantic.
0: Oh, oh, these are both real bad.
2: They're both garbage.
0: These are the worst ones. I yeah. would
1: say get rid of, uh, get rid of the stalker behavior because that is what is like infecting real life society. I, I, I have not heard of someone True. ever breaking up with someone because she like he or she found out like oh they were only dating me out of a bet ba- I don't think that one actually contributes to real world that's but a good uh, point the yeah the other Laura one, on our
0: previous episode did say that that has happened to her sort of it was like a let's see who can sleep with her first thing that
2: can be a variation of it yeah
0: I mean that it it is also leaning toward I mean that's also a little stalking too I think stalking's bad. Watching somebody from a distance following them off a train or something that you think is cute. No, that's no.
2: Yeah, not w- not taking no for an answer and continuing to try and do some kind of gesture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I guess maybe a variation of the first one of like just going out for the hell of it or a bet or whatever. My mom told me that she initially went out on a date with my dad just because she was bored and wanted a free dinner. And, and <laughs> now, now I, I exist hey. as a person. <laughs> there you and are. I ex- he, 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 they told me that their story was they met at a disco because it was the 70s. It 70th. was that time, baby. Was that, and he got her number on a pack of matches and then he didn't call, then he didn't call her for 6 months because he lost the pack of matches and then he finally found it again like deep within his desk and she didn't remember him at all when he finally called and she was everything bored everything
0: about this sounds like a classic meet cute
1: yeah, and she yeah. didn't remember him at all because he didn't call in six months. But she was bored and wanted a free dinner.
2: So it's kind of a blind date.
1: So she, yeah. So it was kind of, and then they went out. And now I exist as a person. So
2: well, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad he, f- I'm yeah. glad he found those matches. I can't imagine not having yeah. That's my how professional my roommate.
0: That's a very old That's a very old-fashioned story. Yeah. yeah. Meeting little, little, at a uh, disco, uh, writing your name on a pack of matches.
2: <laughs> but yeah that's all i had for you guys um that's a tough that was last one was a tough one that is yeah yeah
1: t- tough, that uh, was a good tough game. call
2: good i'm glad yeah all right so now that the game is complete now comes the time of the show where we hand the reins over to you josh Uh-oh. and you get to ask us one judgment-free unfiltered uh question you've always wanted to ask gay or lesbian and we will answer to the best of our ability i don't think
1: i don't think i'm gonna ask specifically about like a lgbtq culture question more so just in 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 what we're talking about with this this topic you know we've given advice about you know go to therapy you sometimes you exercise try to get back to working on your hobbies but in your personal stories or you the stories that you've heard amongst your friends. What are some other good non-toxic breakup advice advice that you have for your listeners? Besides the ones we've already talked about.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Grieve. Like grieve it. It's okay to do that. It's okay to like you might be in your bed crying for a couple weeks or something like that. And I realized later in my life that That is something that I didn't do um, after big breakups. Like, what I would often do is like, just keep moving forward. Like I was someone who was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna let this grief hit me because I'm gonna keep running past it, you know? And just like, I would just punch it down as much as I could and just stay busy. Um, Actually, the reason I got into podcasts is because I was like grieving so much that I was like, didn't want to be upset. So instead of hearing my own thoughts, my idea was like, I will fill my brain with other people's thoughts. And then I don't have to address my own thoughts and feelings. And all that does is postpone it. It doesn't actually fix the problem. So I think my advice, obviously, you want to get back on that horse and like, you know, um, do your hobbies and hang out with friends and do all that. But like, allow yourself you're still allowed to like sit in your bed and cry and be upset and not be productive like that's totally allowed in fact it's healthy and like
0: I think it's hard for a lot of us who are generally very like our minds are moving a mile a minute we are productive people so I think it's hard mm -hmm. to really sit and allow yourself to not do anything
2: it is tough yeah and that's why I mean it I didn't do it at first like it took me but it also extended my grief. Like, it took me years to get over a relationship that probably, like, had I grieved it, could have been done in months to maybe a year. But it took a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you think specific, there are probably, like, LGBTQ um, breakup advice experts, like there are for the, like, the...
2: That's a good question. Have you ever come across any? There yeah.
0: probably are, but I think I don't think there's a lot of people trying to make money off of that, you know, in that way. You know, I th- feel like... I don't know. I I don't... Yeah, I, I think there's, like, a lot of, like, advice, just people posting things on the internet. There's a lot of, like, YouTubers or, or podcasters talking about their own sex lives, hoping that it might help somebody else or just trying to vent or something. Um, yeah. And I think we all... We have our our little harems you know of 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 people that we we go to sometimes um, I don't, I've never seen it. I'm sure there is
2: yeah, yeah if any of our listeners have heard of those, let us know um, but yeah I, I've never come across it, but again because i've n- never personally in the past like my uh, avoidance was to not address it. Yeah. So I wouldn't talk to anyone about it, and I also wouldn't Google anything about it. So I don't know. But um, that was how... I'm not saying that's a better... That is not a good way to deal with it. But, yeah. that, is, but that is how I dealt with it at the time. And so I, I didn't I, come across anything like
1: that. I mean, those things, like we talked about the whole thing, the conversation is like those those advice columns and everything like that aren't good. Personal antidotes or something, or someone venting and hoping it helps someone else, that's fine, but like when someone wants to charge you money for their e-book or right? Like, like that's the bad stuff. Yeah. I think
0: it absolutely helps to hear somebody's gone through something similar. I, we are so isolated, we feel like this is only happening to me, and I'm crazy, or I'm wrong because of it, or something must be wrong with me. But when you hear other people's stories and realize this is a universal thing. This isn't,
1: you oh, know. Oh, agreed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Isn't don't, just, just don't
1: pay me. me. Don't pay money for someone who tells you that they have a magic bullet.
2: Right. Yeah. Take that especially, money to therapy.
0: Especially if the answer is like a bullet list of like 10 things. That's come on. That's not going to work.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. You don't want to pay for something. Somebody self published on Amazon saying that they have all the answers. That's garbage. That's snake oil. Like you were saying. Um, I think for me, um, I definitely after my like first big breakup, like my first love, um, I was I was genuinely heartbroken for a very long time, like you like Haley, probably longer than I should have been. And I was fixating, I think, on this person and this idea that I don't know if I fully thought we were going to get back together, but I was so upset that I felt that that relationship because i felt it so strongly should have meant it something right it should yeah. it should be something it, it has to mean something i can't just it can't just be it that can't just be it but i i think I, over time i realized that i wasn't just fixating on this person but as i i was fixating on the idea that i needed romantic love to be happy and that if i didn't have that i wouldn't be happy and once I slowly, though, like once I slowly weaned myself off of that and and more put my energy into other relationships, other types of love in my life, my friends, my family, um, just like, you know, focusing on on work and stuff and and fleshing out those relationships that made me fuller, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then and it, it, it just takes time. I, I wish it t- took less time, but it took as long as it did. And like looking back, I mean, there's nothing I, I would, you know, could have changed about that. The thing is that those relationships, we want them to mean something big in a grand movie way, but sometimes they just mean something small. Like they were in our lives for a reason or maybe just a season or something, but we learned something, hopefully. Every relationship teaches us something, and that's maybe the nugget. It's not that, oh, we're going to get back together, but sometimes it's just you learned more about how to be with people how you mm-hmm. learn more about yourself and learning to take that and not carry the whole weight of it all the time is, is, is hard and it's work. It's active work.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
0: think that was what I meant to say. Um,
2: no, I think that's, yeah, that's good advice.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah, I think, and you got to give yourself some slack. You're not going to be, it's not a switch. It's not your, it's not a one shot one fixed problem where you're going you're gonna to go to the gym, you're going to work out, that's it. You're never going to feel bad again in your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. We want there to be a one solution because that sounds easy. But then if we put so much weight in that and then we get mad at ourselves because it's not fixed already.
2: Right. Because then when it doesn't work, it's like, wow, I must really suck because I uh, took this magic bullet course and I still feel bad. And so it, it can only add to the shame. Um, yeah. I
0: think yeah. I think taking, give it, taking away some of the power that those things have over you slowly and putting that power into things that are more productive is great. I, I was, I've was i been watching, I think, like a lot of us, Midnight Gospel, and one thing that I really loved is this one episode talking about whether or not you, you believe in this stuff, but the, the idea of, of chi. And when you are thinking like that, you're giving that negative emotion, you're giving that sadness living over you, you're giving it chi, you're giving it power and it's becoming stronger because you're, you are focusing on it and you're letting it control you. And if you focus more on what you're striving towards and the things that you can actively fix yourself in your life, that's when that gets smaller is because you are not letting
1: it have that power uh also a- watch midnight gospel it's great <laughs> zach what you're saying about midnight gospel reminds me of this quote i heard where what you resist you persists oh, you-, mm. you look at disappears, disappears. what resist what you resist persists but what you look at disappears so by like embracing that negative emotion and actually choosing to feel it rather than ignoring it um makes the negative emotion go away
2: right that's that like yeah take the time to grieve it and then it'll it will eventually otherwise you gotta go through
1: and become yeah you gotta go through it Mm -hmm. otherwise it'll get chi and become stronger oh and a big recommendation big 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 read brene brown's daring greatly Mm. yes that is a phenomenal book about this topic about it dealing with shame about dealing with rejection and embracing vulnerability to be able to express those thoughts and feelings because without that level of vulnerability things are just going to get worse that book is amazing
2: yeah Brené brown is amazing listen to any of her ted talks she's got a podcast now um she she's incredible like she that's some that's an area of like self help that I think is actually very helpful. And again, because it's not about manipulating other people, it's about yourself and like learning more about yourself and you know how to um improve yourself. Yeah. So anyway, uh I think that's about it. That wraps it up. Um great. Josh, that was a great question. Thanks so much for that. Thank you. And uh
1: Thank- Thanks, thanks for that. having me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much thanks, for coming yeah, on. Not, p- people can know when Haley is talking about one of the roommates did that one thing, there's a 50% chance that <laughs> I did that one thing. Unless it's
2: Scout. Yeah, it might be Scout. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. I really uh, appreciate it. Thank you it.
1: for having me.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: happy to be here. Josh, um, uh, um, oh,
2: where ahead. can people oh, find ahead.
1: you online? Uh, people can find me at at j.smuha on Instagram, S-M-O-O-H-A, or joshsmuha.com.
2: Check it out. Yeah. Connect. Or,
1: you- or, or, or you can find me on Yelp under professional roommate services, uh, leave a five-star review, uh, and I'll make sure to let your husky out at 10 p.m. <laughs> when you go spend the night at your girlfriend's <laughs> house.
2: <laughs> That is like ninety percent of what my text to Josh. Are.
1: Yeah. Can you let Scout out at ten PM? <laughs> yep. Thanks.
2: Great. And Zach, where can people find us and our professional roommate services? Another
1: great question.
0: Um <laughs> We can be found on Instagram at NotTogetherPodcast. We're on Twitter at NotTogetherCast. We're on Facebook. We're Not Together with Zach and Haley. Very easy to find. Uh, please remember to send us your advice questions, and we will get to them on our next Listener Advice episode. We like to collect them uh, so we have uh, a good amount of tasty, tasty questions to answer for y'all. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Or just reach out to say, hey, we love that, too.
2: Yeah. Um, thanks again to our guest, Josh Muha. And thank you all for listening. Thanks
1: to my lovely hosts, Zach and Haley. <laughs> Haley as well. And Aww. to Josh.
2: And you know what? I'd like to thank Scout. Who's in yeah. the back? No. And thank Scout. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm sure thanks Haley, to Zach and Josh.
1: I'm sure Haley talks about this, but like anytime you guys report a podcast, that's the one time of the day that Scout's like no one's paying attention <laughs> to me. So I'm going to start barking at the door a lot. Like no one's playing with me. I'm
2: going to go buck fucking wild. And I- it's
1: only for that one hour that you guys are recording, and then the moment Haley's done, she's like, eh, "I'm just gonna chill." Fine. Yeah, no,
2: I'm fine now. Actually, it's cra- it's crazy that she hasn't parked. But let's,
1: So we should, we, yeah, she, we should finish this yeah. up <laughs> before. Yeah, we should.
2: Before
1: knows. she knows what's happening. <laughs> but anyway, um, thank
0: you, Josh. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, everybody at home. Uh, thank you, and thank you,
2: and thank you, and once again, I'm Haley. And I'm Zach. And, and we're, we're not together. together. Bye. Bye.